1: Plushcare.com slash weight loss. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I'm joined in with Luke from Alchemic Health. Um, He's actually a fellow Melburnian, so it's it's great to connect with someone else um, fairly local. So, Luke, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, man.
2: Great to be here, and thanks for the invite.
1: Awesome. So, do you want to sort of give my audience a bit of a... um, a backdrop into, I guess, your story into where you got to where you are today. Sure. So, my I had a really good upbringing, really good life. Um,
2: I was a competitive swimmer for until I was 17. So, I represented Australia for 200 breaststroke for the world school games. Sport was a really big, important factor in my life at the start, but uh, when I gave that up, I uh left high school. Didn't have much of a direction from there because I lost my identity with swimming. So I started working in the nightclub industry in Sydney. And as you can imagine, in the nightclub industry, you're exposed to a lot of partying, um, drugs, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. And I, met, I fell into a bit of a drug addiction at this time. And um, I, I got to the age of 23, and I kind of didn't know where I was going in life. Uh, and I really decided to change my life from that day on, uh, from that age onwards. And I started working for a company that resold Google products. And as I was working as a technician uh, for this company, I started researching a lot. I, I found that if I've harmed myself in any way with lifestyle factors and substances, then there has to be another form of lifestyle factors and substances that takes me other way because we live in a universe of duality. Um, so I found a passion for the mind and the body and researching how to heal myself for have done any damage. So uh, for years, probably three years, I went down this rabbit hole of questions and answers, um, constantly asking myself a question and then seeking that answer through PubMed articles, primary data, things like that, mm. until about a good three, four years uh, of research, daily research. I'd sit there at night for hours on end, with the TV just slightly on as like a kind of a wallpaper while I sit there and research. Um, and uh, yeah, and build up this knowledge until I got to the stage where I really researched everything that excited me. And, uh, and I felt I need, if people wanted to take me serious, I need to obviously get a degree and show the people that I have some accreditation. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about going to medicine, uh, different areas, but unfortunately, I find with medicine, it can be a bit narrow-minded with their, with their view of how they look at things, uh, how reductionistic things can be in the medicine industry. So I decided to go with naturopathy because it's quite, it's quite a broad uh, spectrum of med- like, uh, therapies and modalities you can work with in. Um, I liked the aspect of the healing power of nature and the innate healing power of the body. Mm. Instead of masking a symptom, I <clears throat> I, uh, I like the notion of uh, addressing the root cause of it and seeing how you can heal the body or um, you know, uh, support the body in that nature. So I spent mm. five years completing my Bachelor of Health Science degree in naturopathy, which I finished... Uh, a year ago now, over a year ago, uh, but in that time frame, still uh, researching and also experimenting. So, I'm a big believer that we can all read from books and science, but until we really take that information and apply it to ourselves, what is truth and what can what is truth for us? Um, so everyone's different. Everyone has a, their own makeup. I believe that you know we have a fundamental core truth that we all resonate with, but it's finding what works for you. And with my experimentation, I can find, I can see what does work, what combinations, what combination of herbs with supplements with nootropics work together and provide the best therapeutic effect for myself and the clients. So I've used a lot of these things on myself um, and family
1: and friends um, with really good results. So yeah, that's that's my story, and this is that's that's how I've come to be where I am. Awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you mentioned there, I can definitely relate to you in, in the in the in the fact that you know, it's one thing to sort of read studies and then um, research articles and things like that, but it's another thing to dive deep and experiment and then see how it affects you personally. Um, you know, many times over, like I've read one paper on a particular nootropic, tried it out, and it's had the complete opposite um, effect. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that that self experimentation aspect is definitely um, something that I think over the years, you know, you become more empowered when when you when you dive deep and you yeah. experiment, you become more sort of um, empowered. So it's exciting too. It's exciting to see the results, you know. So yeah, it, it is. It is. So do you want to sort of um, tell us more about? We'll, we'll get stuck into nootropics because obviously. Um, you know, I like to post a lot of information about it, and you're also like the admin of a, a fairly big um, Facebook um, group as well. So, do you want to sort of, um, yeah, give my listeners a bit of a background into like what nootropics are and some of the some of the key ones that you've used? Okay, so nootropics are basically brain enhancing
2: supplements, herbs, or chemicals. Um, we use these to facilitate certain. Uh, mechanisms within the brain, be it um, you know, increasing cognitive function, um, focused attention, memory, um, even growing aspects of the brain. And that's what I like to concentrate on for the fact that we can all take some drugs like uh, modafinil. It's a really popular one. It's Primarily used for narcolepsy, so sleep disorder, but people use it as a nootropic because it doesn't have the physical stimulation, but it has the mental stimulation and keeps you awake. Um, things like that, I don't like to really go into because they're just stimulants. To at the end of the day, to some degree, you might find neurological benefits at the start, but I, I'm a big believer that these things will cause a receptor downregulation somewhere in the brain, and this tolerance will build up, and that could bring your baseline cognitive function down. Mm -hmm. Um, So my uh, aspects of viewing uh, nootropics and how I like to go about it is facilitating the growth of the brain, be it neurogenesis, synaptogenesis, and increasing the overall health and functionality of the brain. Um, For the fact that, like what they're saying now is a lot about uh, ailments like anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, things like that come down to there is uh, a kind of circumstantial aspect so someone might have some issues they haven't dealt with but they also come down to um, you know neurodegeneration a lot of uh, soldiers coming back from war found that the stress from war um, also obviously what they witnessed caused um, substantial neurogen- neurodegeneration in the hippocampus, which caused them to have neurological issues, mood disturbances, things like that. So my idea of nootropics, as I said, is growing the brain. Uh, I like to focus on, you know, the combination of herbs with nutrients. With There are some chemicals I like to put in there as well, but it's it's um, I like peptide therapy. I'm a big believer in peptide therapies, and unfortunately it's a big thing in Russia, but we don't see it much in the West. Um, so yeah, some of the, uh, herbs I like to focus on is like, say, Bacopa Moneri, some people might know it as Brahmi, really good for building the memory. Uh, it helps, um, facilitate synaptogenesis in the hippocampus, helps regulate serotonin receptors, um, also is a slight acetylcholine esterase inhibitor. So it helps keep acetylcholine, um, abundant in the hippocampus which is obviously, as we know, the main neurotransmitter for thoughts, memory, and things like muscle contraction. Um, I like things like ashwagandha um, for the sole purpose of the main constituent with thanalide A. Um, We found that in studies it helps build um, synapses again, so it helps with synaptogenesis and restructuring the brain. Uh, as well as its uh, benefits in increasing the immune system. It helps thyroid health, um, also hormonal health. So it has a, an array of benefits you'd like to take for as well. Mm. Um, other things I like is you've probably heard of the Mr. Happy Stack or Urodyne uh, formula. I'm, I'm a big believer in that because I, I'm a big believer in Uridine, a choline source, and DHA Using these com- uh, these components synergistically to increase your um, the repair and maintenance system of the brain. It increases dopamine receptors, so it will help your motivation, the way you feel. Uh, it helps build memory. Again, I believe that the more synapses we make, um, that obviously the better our brain uh, uh, thoughts and memory is, but or also our emotional state. Um, They believe that memories are stored um, in synapses. There's still a bit of, you know, there's a lot of science that needs to go into that, but they say it's within the synapse somewhere that we store it. Um, uh, The typical terms that like you hear about, there's an array of them that people go into. I've used them all, but my favorites are phasoracetam and uh, phenylparacetam. I like phasoracetem for the fact of um, it's being studied now for an ADD, ADHD drug. So I have these tendencies. I've been tested myself when I was younger, but I don't have it. But I find it's really good for keeping that clear mental focus, Um, really good as an anti-anxiety. It helps upregulate certain GABA receptors. Um, So, yeah, I definitely like that one. I've used color acetam before, but unfortunately, color acetam, it can be a hit and miss at times. Um, it can... You know, sometimes you'll have a clear head on it. Other times I will get tired on it. Um, so I don't generally use that that much. But it's really good for building a memory and restoring um, the choline recycling system within the brain where people have uh, generally we, we all get this part of the system becomes slack. So anyone can benefit from color in that regard. But as I said, it's a bit temperamental uh fenipras really good it's the one i use if i need a bit of stimulation personally i don't drink coffee i find coffee uh it's, it just increases my stress response i get really agitated from it um because, because coffee at the end of the day is uh, inhibiting us from relaxing it's not essentially giving us stimulation it's att- attaching to adenosine receptors and just inhibiting you from relaxing like i said so I stick away from coffee, but phenolpracetam is my go-to for like a coffee substitute um, because it's, it has a stimulating effect but not physical stimulation, really good mental clarity, um, and you just want to get things done. It makes things in more enjoyable in terms of um, t- like me- uh, mediocre mediocre tasks that you have to get done. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, there's other components that come into it, like uh, 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 7.8 DHF. Uh, which is a, a, a flavonoid extracted from plant that increases. It attaches to your TrkB receptors, and they increase the uh, facilitation of synaptogenesis. So that, along stacked with the uridine uh, stack, is really good. Um, I like those in two com- uh, in the combination. Um, Other things we can go into. These are things that I generally work with. Uh, I've worked with 9MBC. Uh, You know, it's an interesting compound. Um, It it obviously increases, you know, the facilitation of dopamine in the brain, helps restore dopamine um, neurons and receptors. So they've looked into it for a Parkinson's drug, or they are right now. Um, It really increases libido. It's uh, really interesting like that. It works well with the uridine stack because, again, it's working on the dopamine receptors. Uh, so I've been experimenting a lot with that lately. Um, no, and then the other things I go into is the peptide therapies, and this is—I love peptides. It's one of the things that um, it just excites me how these things work. It's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's really working with the body. I feel in terms of you got chem—you got chemicals that you use for nootropics and the bo- the body has to metabolize these through the liver, general process. But um, peptides kind of work differently and get metabolized differently because they're amino acid sequences Uh, and they provide a more natural approach in the brain, in my view. Um, So things like nupept is a slight kind of peptide, Um, uh, but I've used that in the past. Nupept's good. It's a good way to start. But unfortunately, the thing with nupept is, and some people get this as well, is the lack um, that you get of short-term memory at the start. Um, it, it helps with the memory overall but at the start you'll find this long-term memory is good but short-term memory goes and they say it's because of how it actually decreases certain uh, certain growth factors in the brain temporarily and then it gets upregulated later on and then when you get these disruptions you'll get this, this change in your short-term memory. I found that but then it went away, away later on but unfortunately Nupept makes me too much of a robot. I don't like being too, uh, I don't like getting rid of my emotions too much. It can feel a bit uh, bit weird. So, yeah, new peps I don't really go with anymore. But I do go into things like cerebralism, uh, which is a neuropeptide cocktail for, extracted from pigs' brains uh also cortexin which is also another neuropeptide complex uh from calves brains i've actually got something in the fridge ready to go i've only done one cycle before uh and found really good results um initially yeah obviously you get the cognitive benefit but hindsight looking back on it my cognitive um uh uh, system in my brain would increase i look back and i'm like hang on a second my memory got better um, i was more motivated i felt more productive there's these things that come along with it because you're increasing the growth of these neurons so yeah they're, they're ones I, I really like and i uh, have a lot of faith in because there's a lot of history with them. they've been like cerebralism's been around since the 1970s um, and a lot of people even some uh, u.s presidents have used it um, to increase their cognition, so yeah they're really interesting ones um then I go into things like dihexa. i 've used i've tried that but I personally haven 't seen much result from it it might be hard to see the results straight away but i didn 't use it too much because there is it's still quite a new substance um, it's it, and it has like a a, a weak half life if not longer if, if my memory is correct so it 's something that I just I played around with a bit but didn't find any benefits. i put it aside and I might use it in the future, but we'll see. Mm. Uh, And then, you know, just uh, NSI-189 as well. Um, I've used that quite a few times. Really interesting compound as well. Uh, Studies show in rats it increases the uh, growth of the hippocampus 20% above baseline. Uh, In humans, we haven't seen anything like that just yet. They mainly looked at the NSI-189 for uh, depression, depression, mainly, uh, but I haven't used that for that purpose. It's more obviously increasing the neurogenesis and functionality of the hippocampus. Uh, The interesting things I've found with it though is the uh, emotional intelligence it brings along. So obviously with the hippocampus it helps with mood, um, but also short-term long-term memory. I find with um, NSI 189 it helps with the depersonalization so if you find that you are missing parts of yourself or you don't feel yourself a lot of the time, it will help bring back aspects of and those feelings. Um, it helps with... Uh, there is cognitive benefits in terms of memory, um, but it's more the emotional... Like for me, it's uh, you know, it's the cognitive benefit of the memory, but I feel it's the emotional aspect of it. You get... I, I find it really interesting. So you come to a... Uh, Say so you have an episode and where you'd usually get triggered by anger, right? I find NSI uh, 189 allows you to address the situation where you'd usually um, get triggered into anger really easily. You kind of go, hang on a second. In a split second, you'll have this kind of, oh, which way can I take this instead of the usual way? And it's really interesting, like that. So um, yeah, it's it's a compound that I'll continue working with, um, but do not mix them. Mix it with um, racemes because it will play with you and cause hyperemotionality, uh, which can be very disruptive. So I've, I've I've mixed it once before, and I won't do that again. So yeah, it's interesting.
1: Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, obviously, we just covered a huge spread of um, a lot of uh, experimental compounds, and a lot of my listeners will be probably unfamiliar with majority of those ones. Um, they're probably familiar with like the Bacopa, Rhodiola, things like that. Um, yeah, even when you sort of mentioned the um, um, the I, I personally have not, not used it yet. Um, but for those listening in, if you play competitive sports, uh, like professional sport, just keep an eye out because that one there is banned by water.
2: Yeah, it's really it's really good though. I, I admit when I go for long, uh, so I love I love cycling at the moment. It's the only thing I can it's any enjoyment I have during lockdown here in Melbourne. Yeah. But I've noticed uh, with fentanyl do your it it definitely helps you push past certain pain barriers and and allows you when your muscles get tired, you're like no, and they'll keep on going. It's, it's really yeah. interesting how it increases your sports performance like that. So yeah, mm. yeah, but unfortunately it's banned. So yeah. <laughs>
1: So maybe um, let's sort of go and let's sort of explore more on um, neurotransmitters because uh, I'd like to yeah see what your thoughts are on various neurotransmitters. I know you spoke about dopamine a lot and the Mr. Happy Stack, which definitely has contributed to my productivity today. I, I fell in love with that many, many years ago and just responded so well. Felt like a workhorse, really focused, really productive and... Um, that definitely, yeah, was a game changer for me. Um, so let's sort of explore more on various neurotransmitters. So do you want to sort of cover starting like with maybe dopamine, go th- work your way through the ones that um, you've researched? Yeah, so with dopamine obviously
2: helps motivation, um, but unfortunately with dopamine it's, it's related to our reward system. So unfortunately it can, this is primarily where a lot of addictions fall into, Um, so anytime we, anytime we increase dopamine receptors, you're going to get the motivation, but you can have a tendency to be dopamine fixated. So you can always have this notion of looking for the dopamine fix. And I've fallen into that too myself. Um, but it is really good for libido, things like that. Um, dopamine can be obviously both, um, excitatory and inhibiting, um, I, I'm dopamine driven as most males are um, being testosterone driven as the hormone, but testosterone also has a link to dopamine production where in females, estrogen is linked to serotonin production. So that's why when females have their uh, menstrual cycle, their mood goes off because of the fluctuation in estrogen. Um, so I, I, but like I said, dopamine, we all love it. it. And it's one thing what you all need to keep on going keep motivating life my the other neurotransmitter I've focused on a lot lately is glutamate. <clears throat> glutamate encompasses seventy uh, percent of our brain's excitatory neurotransmitters in the mammal brain. That is, um, I've been I specialize in um, like uh, drug rehabilitation, drug education for a lot of people. <clears throat> now, when people fall into addictions, we generally think it's a dopamine thing because we're trying to. Um, chase that dopamine high but it it really comes down to what the studies are showing is that it comes down to the glutamate dysregulation so generally when we're uh you know having a substance for that dopamine fix it will then have a a, you know it's 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 attaching to the dopamine receptor but it's actually causing the glutamate system to become more active now when the glutamate system becomes dysregulated what they're saying is that generally for like addictions and stuff that you have your brain, it's not used like seeking the addiction essentially. Um, well at the start it might be, but once it becomes a chemical addiction, it's generally not you in that sense because your brain will give you ideas during the day, different, different things to think about. And when your glutamate system is dysfunctional, you're going to get your um, addiction thrown out of you all the time to because it's, it's out, out, of, out of function. So, you know, say you're addicted to coffee, right, and you wake up one day and you don't want to have coffee, but your brain's going, coffee, I need coffee, I'll feel like coffee, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do it, but then you get to the point where you're just thinking about it so much you give into to it. Uh, and this is where a lot of the chemical addiction comes into play. Now, glutamate, if we regulate it, will help stabilise mood but also lower that little voice within you. Uh, and that's shown to have the glutamate dysregulation is generally in the prefrontal cortex because it's where we make all our decisions. Um, so, things like uh, N acetylcysteine is really good for um, regulating the system. It's what I give a lot of people that are suffering from addiction or want to stabilize impulsiveness. They kind of go hand in hand um, because it clears out excessive glutamate from uh, certain aspects, uh, areas of the brain. Um, so, it's an interesting thing. I think a lot of people don't focus on this neurotransmitter when we all focus on the typical like dopamine, serotonin, um, and so forth. But then we come down to like serotonin and, you know, serotonin is a really good one, but I think we give it too much, uh, emphasis on mood regulation. I think cause the science has gone, oh, you know, uh, serotonin, Has to do with um, anxiety, depression, Uh, and then we then we prescribe SSRIs. Um, Personally, I was on them for four years. I've suffered from anxiety issues in the past, and you know it's managed now through what I do. But it's not the culprit. Um, I I, I don't believe it's it has a part to do with it. Obviously, all, all neurotransmitters in the brain. There's not one culprit at all. It's they all work together to cause a certain aspect of your consciousness um so if when you know serotonin you know it's it's a, it's a funny one because it can if you have too much of it you can it, it really throws you off if you have too little of it it throws you off again so it's more of an inhibiting neurotransmitter um people think it's it's excitatory because if you have mdma you're going to be great, but it's, it's, it really doesn't work like that. Um, uh, the effects you're getting from MDMA primarily come from serotonin, but also the dopamine effects, and that's where the, the stimulation for it comes from. But, yeah, they're, they're the main neurotransmitters I'll, I'll work on. And then acetylcholine as well um, for thoughts and memory and muscle contraction, like we talked about, really good for sports performance. Um, you can really push past your your threshold with um, some good choline and some racems. Even if you don't want to have phenylpiracetam for uh, your sports performance, I found even good, really good benefits with coloracetam or phaseracetam. So even though if you want any sports performance, you can go for those and they're not banned. Um, so yeah, when you when you start increasing your acetylcholine um, system in the brain, obviously your thoughts uh, become clearer. Uh, your memory gets better, but unfortunately, with this neurotransmitter, when you you start to play with it too much, you can actually um, decrease uh, dopamine or serotonin in the brain. You you get depression from it. Um, it's quite it's quite severe at times if you go too hard. Um, that's so that's and this is you know so that's why you've got to really watch how much choline you have and how much you're working the choline system. If you find that you're getting really depressed, um, it's time to back off and.
1: So yeah, yeah. With the um with the acetylcholine, I can um definitely relate there. Having too much of like the CDP choline or alpha GPC, and it doesn't take much for me like to to trigger that sort of flat mood. Um, yeah, yeah, de- definitely. I think even for those that have or consume eggs as well. So c- consuming eggs, then they've got alpha GPC in the mix. They're like, oh, I might even throw in some CDP choline, and then they end up uh, going overboard with the with the acetylcholine, and yeah, it's not—it's not a very uh, pleasant feeling, that's for sure.
2: It isn't, and it takes away emotions, and you think, and then, it, and because of it, stimulates your thoughts so much, your thinking so much, but your emotions aren't there, and it can really spiral you into some some weird places. Um, you know, we 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 think that we wanting like it's good to increase your cognitive function, but without the emotional intelligence, it's really not—it's not a good thing, and you become a robot, and you can become. Yeah, very um, just, just um, not not a nice person at times as well. Because when you when you do these kind of things, you um, especially say pept and then a lot of choline, you become such a robot that and your cognitive function is so high that you 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 can sometimes. And I've noticed not just with myself, other people have said this that you can get this tendency of I know better. Yeah um because I my brain's so, so my brain's thinking so good and I'm th- thinking of all these different scenarios and they almost like you just you you can slide in this kind of bit of a cockiness because yeah because you think you know better but it's it's not a good place to go. Oh
1: so, yeah. definitely definitely yeah that's um I can relate to that big time yeah like just feeling that sense of like superiority and just like like you know better because your your brain is ticking over so much. Um, but that emotional aspect is, yeah, something that I've been trying to hone in on because I've gone so far away from that. It's helped with the business and I'm sure it's helped you with your focus and your, and your growth. Yeah. You know, you sort of get that trade off between staying as human versus staying as robot.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So They both have their benefits. Like,
2: yeah, when you need to think, you know, it's really good for that, but it can make you really agitated too. And like you said, it can make people not like you for a little bit of a time, you you know, because you're
1: such an aggro person or or, or just uh, heartless at at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the the big takeaway for our listeners maybe is set and setting. So, like, if you're going to be going to the library all day and you have, like, to study for exams or whatever then being in that robotic state is actually beneficial, right? Whereas yeah, if you've you got a party that night, then you don't want to be in that sort of robotic no,
2: state. No, definitely not. But though, don't get me wrong, these nootropics... See, I am not. I don't I don't drink alcohol either, but I've heard a lot of people love nootropics for the uh, mental clarity that it gives you whilst you go out and get drunk and yeah. whatnot. So,
1: yeah. I'm curious to hear more about your experiment with um, phasoracetam because that one uh, piqued my interest for that... What did, you, what did you use that for? So phaser
2: obviously, because so, I said I have set kind of tendencies for ADD, ADHD kind of tendencies. But I am just, as I said, I got tested twice when I was young and I'm just hyperactive, they said. So um, phaser acetamin, I started doing it for the mental clarity and the focus that it gives you. It it gives you, it's, and it regulates, uh, sorry, it upregulates the, GABA receptors? I used it because I had been um, using some benzodiazepines in the past um, and I wanted to see if it would uh, fix some of those uh, cognitive issues that comes with the benzodiazepine usage. Um, So it it does work really well for that. Uh, In fact, I... Found that coupling with Bacopa, they both work to upregulate GABA receptors. So if anyone does have an issue with benzodiazepines or getting off it, um, these two work really well with that. Um, with the phasorecetam, like I said, it's really good for focus without any other thoughts going on um, and one train of focus. But it gives you that really nice anti-anxiety effect. So I find I can, I can concentrate on certain tasks for a longer period of time, um, whereas things things like if I have just ten by itself, I can do things, but I'm doing a few things at a time. Uh, Phenybarbital is my way to go if I just want to concentrate on the task at hand uh, and have other no no other kind of disruptive thoughts or, or getting kind of sidetracked at
1: times. So that's mm. what generally what I use it for. <coughs> yeah. Mm. Did it? Um, I'm curious to know. Did it have any um, sedative? effects because i've heard some people report that or well, not really
2: uh at the start so i think the sedative effects come with um where your neuro receptor count is at the time so everyone's neurochemistry and neuroreceptor receptor count is going to be different based on the substances that you take and the lifestyle that you live so say someone that does have a benzodiazepine uh, um history or drinks alcohol they're all going to downregulate your GABA receptors i think when phasoracetam comes in because it's working on that system uh it can cause a sedative effect i only found that maybe a little bit at the start but i haven't taken any benzodiazepines for a year or two now um and i don't find that effect at all so and i don't use it that often it's, it's sporadically I, I tend to take um, the racems when uh, you know when i need it i don't take it daily all the time. I have gone through periods where I've taken phasoracetam for a month straight to see the benefits. Um, and I believe that there are benefits that come with the continual use as well. Yes, we can use it just periodically, but the continual use of these um, substances will cause because you're caught facilitating that kind of thought process in the brain, um, we all know the notion that neurons that fire together wire together. So the more we take the substance, substance, I believe that will help facilitate neurons to function in that manner. So when you get to a stage on phase restim, as well as most restims, that you will become tolerant to it that when you stop taking it, you will most likely find that those cognitive benefits will stay with you. Some people find that you they don't. They find that they might go a bit below baseline. They might find, ah, oh, you know, these things have actually um, have become tolerant so your baseline goes down. But I've actually found that it it you know the tolerance builds up but my cognitive function stays there. Um. Um, so I'll need to take a break from it. And then when I notice that I start, my cognitive function starts to decline or I'll notice a few um, issues, I'll start taking it again and see how it goes. So, yeah. But no, the the I find some there's sometimes more sedative effects from color acetam. That's why I said it's a bit temperamental. Um, but phasor acetem is definitely one that uh, I started off and I wasn't too sure of it
1: myself, but it's really good. No. So, I, I, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's sort of um transition, t- transition into, I guess, some of the... Uh, mistakes that you see people making when they enter into um, experimenting with nootropics? Like what are some things that you should, you know, people should be aware of? Uh, like we said, the overloading of the choline system is one
2: major one. People think uh, that more it, it, more is better. Unfortunately, it, does, it's, it's it doesn't work like that. And the poison is in the dosage. So um, if we go overboard, then, then obviously you're going to have those negative side effects um things i need to be aware of is obviously um like it's the emotional aspect of these things um and if you go overboard with them you can become detached from your um your emotional intelligence um uh, we need to look into need to look into how things act and the combinations of things. So, um, I I do believe in the combination of like CDP Colline with um, Hoopersine A, but the problem with it, but it's only spor- um, temporarily or sporadically. I don't believe in it taking it every day. Things like um, I, hate, I hate to say, it, but like Joe Rogan's um, yeah. supplement mix, where um, it was called um, Alpha Brain. Alpha brain, that's it. Yeah. So it's a good cognitive booster, but it has both a choline source and a and a, a huperzine uh, A in there. And for those people that don't know, so uh, choline is going to increase your acetylcholine. Huperzine A is going to uh, inhibit esterase, which stops uh, which breaks down the acetylcholine. So you're going to increase the production and decrease the breakdown of it, which increases the neurotransmitter. I'm a big believer if we keep on taking this over a long period of time, you're going to wear out that system a bit, cause receptive down regulation, and then there's a possibility your cognitive function could go below baseline. So I'm a big believer in cycling. Um, Don't chuck everything in the kitchen sink at you and expect everything to work. I've done that in the past, and it's really hard to tell what's working, what's not. Uh, And you can then come into some, oh, hang on a second, I'm not feeling too good here, and you can't really... Find out what's going on so it's it's for me it's, it's trying to find out mechanisms and find that synergistic um, nature of them so say the uridine stack has that synergy within uh, the uridine, choline, and dha and then you couple that with a, you know some bacopa and then maybe a, a race term. so um, so you're getting the synaptogenesis you're getting the health of the brain but you can help facilitating those functions but primarily that's what people need to look out for is the toxic, the toxic nature of some of these substances because um, it's about the dosage and what's right, but also not overloading the brain um, and disrupting certain neurotransmitter productions. For the fact that people can, like like I said, choline you can take a lot of it and it'll drop dopamine, serotonin, your mood will be off. But even people go for oh, um, heaps of tiring, tiring to increase dopamine or people go with... Um, Tryptophan or 5 HDP to increase serotonin, they're constantly taking these precursors to neurotransmitters. And the thing that people fall into is that, oh, I think I'm going to, if I increase the neurotransmitter, I'm going to feel great. <laughs> and unfortunately, it doesn't work as simplistic as that. And when you increase the production of one neurotransmitter, you're going to lower the production of others. And then they're causing a disruption in, in, in the brain again, there, which will. Disrupt your mood and cognitive state. So, mm. I'm a big believer in kind of neuroreceptor activation or uh, antagonism or, or, or agonism uh, and leave the neurotransmitter production alone generally um, uh, uh, because I, people believe that there's a predisposition for um, imbalance of neurotransmitter. I'm not a big believer in that notion um, um, because. You know, the brain makes neurotransmitters really quickly. Um, it's hormones that take a while to regulate again if you do cause hormone um, disruption. But neurotransmitters, it's you know, a couple days to a week, and you're you're back to normal. It's really quick. Mm-hmm. And if you, you have the right nutrients in place, um, you're eating right, got enough protein all um, your, you know, your vitamins and cofactors there, there's no real reason why you should be low in a tra- neurotransmitter, in my view. Um, so when we start playing with that, that's where you can get a bit undone, but it's more about having those substances that um, facilitate a certain, um, the structure of the, the neuron and the receptors and how they're activated. I think that's the best way to go.
1: Yeah, look, I, that's, I, I definitely I respect that approach a lot. Because um, people do fall into the trap of like wanting to overload with the precursors. Even I went through that phase at one point where I was like, you know, so, load up. Yeah. <laughs> like we just learned from our experiences there. And like loading up on phenylalanine, and how can I suppress serotonin as much as possible? How does that feel? Um, and then you realize that there's there's um, trade offs. Um, so definitely. What, what about in terms of like? Um, curious to know your stance on like B vitamins. Like, what are, what are your thoughts on? Um, like how do you use B vitamins? Oh, so I take a B vitamin complex
2: every day. I think it's uh, vitally important um, for the for energy production to neurotransmitter production to, um, you know, a number of functions in the body. We, we need it for nearly everything. Um, so I'm a big believer in B vitamins. I take a complex. But I also take um, a bit of B12 and a bit more of B2 uh, because I work on... Some of the so, so some of the things I work with, longevity, um, they use up a lot of B vitamins for some of the processes that have been um, increasing the body. So I need to uh, increase um, those, B2 and B12, just for that, that purpose. But like I said, every day I'm a big believer in it. Even if you're getting a healthy diet, unfortunately, um, with how our agricultural system is these days, um, our soil has been churned up so much. That we artificially spray nutrients into the ground—phosphorus, uh, nitrogen, and potassium—generally the ones that we spray in there, um, so the plant can grow. Now, with with um, with this, the plant needs 52 nutrients to grow properly. Um, we're only giving it generally three to grow, um, and so our plants and uh, produce is um, is malnourished so if we go and eat a healthy diet what we think is a healthy diet um from the, uh, where we get our gen- general produce if it's not organic um then the food itself is going to be deficient so and then we eat that expecting ourselves to be healthy but unfortunately it doesn't have the vitamins the enzymes and everything that you the plant would generally have it's not there so that's why i'm a big believer in that we need to supplement to some
1: degree these days and b vitamins is one important one Yeah. Awesome. Great. Great. Great summary there. Definitely. um, Yeah, I can definitely um, relate in that regard, and in particular for a lot of people that that find that nootropics, they're not responding well to them. Maybe they have just an underlying, you know, B vitamin deficiency or a magnesium deficiency or something like that for sure like um
2: so with the uridine stack you need to take folate because you're going to be using folate in this process that you're creating so there are the other those aspects that you need these b vitamins and if you're increasing uh aspects of the body like i said you know the uridine stack or certain longevity stacks you're going to be using these um b vitamins in 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 um, in these processes Mm.
1: so let's sort of um transition on to uh psychedelics because i know sort of sort of links in with nootropics. And I know a lot of nootropics can have, you know, um, ego distortion or some sort of like effects on the ego. Um, so mm. let's sort of transition into, uh, you know, your experiences uh, either researching them or, or using psychedelics. Okay. So I've like a, a, quite a long history of using psychedelics.
2: Um, I've been using them. I, 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 had LSD for my first time probably when I was twenty. Um, I stopped dur- during the period of um, you know twenty three to sorting my like life out and getting back on onto the track that I am. I didn't really use any substances then. Um, I-, I was a I liked marijuana for the because I don't drink alcohol, so that was my relax um, t- relaxing tool to a degree. It helped me um, get through a lot of things. Uh, but when it comes down to psychedelics, uh, I generally fell back into it when I um, just became interested in, obviously, the, the mind, the brain, consciousness. Um, and I always had a fascination for all substances, not recreational, just not nootropic, but all substances and how they affect the body and the mind. So... I started researching them and using them again to try to map out what psychedelics are doing, um, obviously to learn about myself at the time. Um, they're really good to, to, to reconnect with who you are, to understand who you truly are, and to understand reality a bit more, and where you fit within reality. Um, so, you know, I started to experiment with LSD, uh, 2CB, um, DMT, um, and uh, MDMA a bit too. I wasn't big into magic mushrooms until recently. I never had a good experience with magic mushrooms. It was either underwhelming or it actually scared the crap out of me. Um, So it's only been recent since I've started working with that again. And the reason why I started working with uh, magic mushrooms again is because of the science behind it. Um, So we've all seen seen the new studies coming out, um, how um, terminal cancer patients get, get one dose have a trip with a counsellor and and uh, and say that it's the most profound experience of their life and uh, they're not afraid of death afterwards. And even when they test them 12 months later, their cognitive benefits and viewer life is still the same. So it's a really interesting thing. So when we look into um, magic mushrooms, it increases neurogenesis in the brain, they're saying. Most psychedelics will cause that to some degree because they're saying the activation of certain serotonin receptors causes the action of uh, neurogenesis to increase. Um, but yeah, magic mushrooms is a really interesting one because I've been microdosing that. Uh, and what I found with microdosing, it it's, uh, it, it, in, it increases what we call the mind-heart coherence uh, or your emotional intelligence. So like nootropics will bring you all the way to your head Um in my view and so other people's views, the, the mind is the ego, the heart is the true self, the compass. Um, when we take too many nootropics, you're so cerebral that you suppress your emotional state and you become purely ego and that's where you come undone. With um, psychedelics, they they increase the empathy and that mind-heart coherence so you can become more emotionally intelligent. And what I found it actually increases your the the positive thoughts that you have and gives you a better so the way I can describe it is that it just makes you think in a better way. On a microdose it's so small that you're not getting any psychedelic effect but it will give you um you know when you have options you'll go for the better option. When you go to even talk to someone, you use the right words. It, it's really quite quite a profound thing. Like, oh, I've never structured a sentence like that, but it really flowed well. And, and uh, it's it's really interesting like that. You have more connection with people you're talking to. You look at them more in the eye, I've noticed. Um, you enter flow states a lot easier. And there's just that more of a, uh, a genuine connection with the people in the world around you. Um, then obviously when you go into higher doses of magic mushrooms, you're getting the more the psychedelic effect, and that's where you're going to get these profound out-of-world experiences um, that teach you a lot about yourself. So with magic mushrooms, I'm not a big person with using them in a social environment um, because you can get mixed up because other people when you're under psychedelics, psychedelics are opening up your conscious consciousness and also um tempering with your conscious filters so information can become distorted or you can pick up on things that you never saw before and it can play with you so being around other people can um distract you from the real purpose of the the medicine so magic mushrooms i believe are meant to be had by yourself you or with people that you trust Uh, And it's more of an inward journey. I find myself wanting to close my eyes and just drift and see what my mind brings up. And it's really interesting some of the um, concepts or things that come up that actually you didn't see before, or you didn't see that you're doing, um, you weren't seeing that you were doing something wrong before, or how do you do something better? It's really interesting how these um, these these. Substances allow access to these parts of yourself, Mm. Um, so that's why I call it conscious technology. I believe that these are—it's like a program that you're slotting into your brain, allowing you to access this this realm for a period of time to to connect dots that you couldn't connect before. Um, I look at psychedelics like, you know, we work within a square. Our brain generally works with a square and we can't work outside of that. So psychedelics will take away the square and you're working within a circle now. You know, it's working without outside those general parameters. Mm. And then things like uh, LSD. LSD realm for me is when we're sober, we build up what I call conscious cobwebs or condensed thought patterns. So say you have an issue uh, in life, you're... um, or you, you're struggling with something or an addiction, or you don't have an issue with a partner or a family member, I don't know, whatever it is, you you know, even with your, when you're fighting with someone, you will sit there thinking about what you're going to say to them and build up a conversation in your head. And that's building up condensed thought patterns and energy that is associated with that. And that you find that when you talk to that person, that will all unravel and you've actually preempted the conversation, mm-hmm. um, which can be a detriment sometimes. So... What I find that LSD does is that it will, um, with some people, um, it depends on how you are at the time of your life. LSD won't bring this up all the time. Generally, most people have a really beautiful trip. They'll learn about themselves, about the world. But in a, in a therapeutic sense, it will um, dislodge these condensed thought patterns or conscious cobwebs and bring them up to your, in in front of you. Yeah. And this is where people can fall into a bad trip, um, or get kind of in a difficult situation because the trip will turn um, kind of dark and when we get into these bad trips, these bad trips can be actually really good for us because it's the mind consciousness uh, a, showing us something that is our shadow that we might be suppressing and not addressing, and then the, the, uh, the like, LSD or any other psychedelic, they all t- tend to do this, but LSD is more psychological in that sense. And we'll bring them up to the forefront, and what I found is you have to witness it, understand that this is the issue, and then uh, t- verbalise it, so that's why it's good to have a therapist with you. Because by witnessing and verbalizing, you're releasing it from your consciousness and actually releasing that energy through words. And then you'll find that as you talk through it, the bad trip will dissipate wow. and then everything will go back to normal. <laughs> so it's about understanding why you've fallen into this dark trip or a bad trip and then witnessing what is it within me that is not serving me or what is it that's coming up. And you, you like I said, if you have a good support base around you, friends or a therapist, you talk through it and it's, it can be very therapeutic like that. And then when you wake up the next day and you feel like a new person, it's like this weight has come off your shoulders. Things like uh, MDMA, or we know about MDMA, assisted psychotherapy that's coming out. Um, I've been going to a lot of the Mind Medicine Australia um, meetings, uh, finding looking at all the research that's coming out with that really interesting MDMA is not typical psychedelic it is kind of a pathogens it's kind of sits within a psychedelic um category but it's really good in terms of um breaking down the barriers that we all hold within ourselves when we view issues so like ptsd a lot of these people have constant repetition of these things that they've seen or these bad thoughts and they can't work through them, they can't find the love or that feeling of love for themselves to accept and heal and forgive. And this is where MDMA comes in um, to allow the person to relax and have love for themselves and even the person that's harmed them if they've had any PTSD from, you know, assault, things like that. They can see things from different perspectives because you're just full of love. Uh, And then when you couple that with some psychedelics as well, it can actually help the the therapeutic effect of the psychedelic because you're inhibiting any real bad trip coming forward and you can actually uh, confront things with a heart full of love in an altered conscious state with the psychedelic. So there is this coupling that you can have that I think would increase the efficiency, although the science hasn't really looked into that yet, but I I, I know people have experimented with it before. I have too, and found good benefits. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that we all need to look out for. Mm. Um, lastly would be uh, dimethyltryptamine, the DMT. Um, it's used in ayahuasca. Uh, in Australia here, we, we have with things like we have it in crystal, but then we also have it in something called Changa, which is, which is when we cut. It's basically a smokable version of ayahuasca. You're getting uh, an MAOI inhibitor, a herb that has that property in it, and you're infusing the DMT with the herb, and then you just smoke it from there. DMT is like the shotgun into another room. Uh, I think it's therapeutic for people because we, people lack spiritual experiences these days. We all can meditate and try to have a spiritual or a, uh, a, an, an awareness with all these practices. But unfortunately, to gain access to higher realms of consciousness through these practices, it can take years, if not decades, if not you could maybe you won't even reach it your whole lifetime. Uh, and even Buddhists say you might not even reach a certain realm in this lifetime. You have to reincarnate and, and, and then keep on practicing. So, I'm a big believer that in this day and age, especially with how the world is right now, that we need connection to spirit or uh, whatever it is you want to call it, high power or uh, high self or high forms of consciousness. Uh, with with this, it's, and people people lack this spiritual experience, and with this lack of spiritual experience, people think that this is the only existence there is, um, that I'm just some flesh, human, meatball, uh, random thing that flowing through the universe. <clears throat> and this notion, I think, is quite, detrimental to the way we look at ourselves and the way we go about life and then we treat everyone just like oh I can do what I want in this life it doesn't mean anything and it can actually impact how society functions but you know if we if we have things like um, DMT, Ayahuasca, um, these experiences open you up to the notion that there is more than this reality that you're perceiving right now even the scientists that studied it, um, Rick Strassman, who did uh, the the uh, experiments with DMT initially, they started doing the experiments with DMT to see the physical effect, effects of it. They weren't looking for the psychedelic effects because they wouldn't be able to get the trials approved if they are looking for what is this drug doing to our consciousness. So they wanted to see how does this drug affect our physiology. But in doing these experiments, he eventually had to shut it down because things became too spooky. People started getting these crazy experiences that they, a lot of them linked up. And there is a lot of linkage that you'll find with these experiences. So you come into contact with some entities, or you might go to certain realms. And in, in these uh, experiences, you gain an understanding that the funny thing is that you get, and us as humans, we think we know everything. When you go over to this, when you have these experiences like, I don't know anything, <laughs> it really shows you how how um, all your knowledge base is of the whole grand scheme of the universe and consciousness and how things function. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, this, these substances, oh, they're just causing the brain to go into some weird state and you just get uh, aspects of archetypal forms in your brain, which is possibly, I think it's one part of it. But some of the things that you experience are so out there and so outside your your your, your conscious awareness or even information that you've picked up that you're like, hang on, something else <laughs> is to this. And I think that's an important thing and to bring back, and uh, and then you can incorporate that into your life. And it can actually help you ground you and give you knowledge of. Who you might be, what you're here to do in life. I know, I know. With these experiences, they've given me a lot of insight into what I'm really here to do. It's given me um, some, some, just grounding. The sense of there is no randomness to this. I, I can't explain it. So it's something that everyone, ha- I believe, has to experience. Um, I think it's a really good thing in Amazon how they use it as an initiation process as well, um, uh, to to really. Awaken yourself in a sense, mm. and with the with the positive effects of um, DMT as well, um, it's like a reset for the brain. Especially when these coupled with the MAOI, so in ayahuasca, the 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 action of DMT with the MAOI is shown to increase neurogenesis again. A Really good for drug addiction. Helps people. Uh, You know, the experience itself will take you away from your drug addiction because if you get an entity coming to you, showing you what's wrong with you, and the thing is, you're you're viewing yourself and your life from outside perspectives, from, you know, from things that you couldn't even imagine, and then going, oh, I can see how this this is affecting me, you know. So it's a really good, most psychedelics are really good with that in terms of addiction. But like I said, I view them like conscious technology. Like like, uh, nootropics are for the hardware of the brain, so increasing you know neurogenesis, uh, synaptogenesis, and the the actual neuron itself. I believe psychedelics are the software. So you can come in uh, and and have an intention. You, I believe that these sh- things shouldn't be used recreationally. Yes, they can be, but there always has to be an, an intention behind it. When you don't have an intention, you can get kind of lost in it. And going why don't i take this form and uh so the intention is really a, a really important powerful thing as well as set and setting but when we do it right i believe that and you're we can help reconstruct our um, software or format of reality to serve us and other people to have more empathy and more compassion for people and and the world in general and i think they're, they're uh, substances that are going to be legalized and they are in the process of being legalized and that are going to be transformative to us as an
1: individual but society as a whole. Mm. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, I want to know more about sort of this. If somebody wants to keep up to date with the research in this space, I think, um, is it MAPS? I think MAPS. MAPS. Yeah. So
2: MAPS is Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Mm. Uh, MAPS is the American uh, co- uh, corporation or no not corporation. Uh, it's a, a collective uh, of scientists that are studying psychedelics and trying to get them legalized for their therapeutic effects. In Australia, if people want to keep up with the science, it's Mind Medicine Australia. Right. Um, they will excuse me, they will be doing, um, They're supposed to be a conference later this year, but obviously with COVID, they've had to postpone that. Um, and they're also doing some, mm. some assisted psychedelic um, therapy training. So they are, I'll be uh, participating in that and they will be also opening up, a, a I think it's a diploma for people in um, psychology and psychiatry. To start using this in their therapies. Wow! So it's an interesting. I've applied as a naturopath that focuses on mental health, but they wanted they uh, they said they're looking to look into in the future because at the moment I'm obviously I don't have the qualifications of a psychologist or a psychotherapist, even though I do have a long history of yeah. working with these substances, and also I I, I help other people with them at uh, events. I my Notion when I go to certain uh, festivals or events is actually to help with this information, and also to be there to facilitate and help people. Uh, whilst they're under the substance, um, I get labelled the Doof Doctor sometimes from some of my friends, and uh, I go to these uh, these festivals with a, a suitcase. Half full of supplements, right? Wow. So, to, so if anyone needs to counter their effects or get rid of neurotoxicity or different things, I'll be there and I've got got everything. But because um, I, I enjoy just being there for people, helping people learn about these substances, their body, and just everything in general. So it's it's uh, and I love just seeing the the change in people um, that comes with these things and uh, when they just learn about themselves and gain that power
1: because knowledge is power. So yeah. Mm. Awesome stuff, man. Yeah. Do you want to sort of uh, maybe give? We're gonna to have to wrap it up. We'll have to organize another whole episode uh, down the line. Sure, I'd like that. Yeah, because this was this was fun, and I know my audience are gonna they're gonna love the information you're providing and things like that. So, do you want to sort of maybe give uh, my listeners a chance to learn more about you? Where can they find more of your content? If they can work with you, where can they where can they access all that? Sure. So
2: I got a Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash alchemic health. Uh, I post weekly or fortnightly articles just on things that interest me and I think that will interest anyone else from nootropics to longevity. Um, to, to uh, I will be going into psychedelics in the near future. I've, um, I think that's something that will be at a later date. Uh, if people want to contact me on my website, it's www.alchemichealth.com or you can email me at luke at alchemichealth.com. Uh, I'm open to consultations, so I do uh, help people with uh, uh, consultations with naturopathy, but in, in that I do incorporate biohacking formulas. Um, I focus on nootropics. I do um, prescribe nootropics. Lifestyle factors, dietary factors. I go through the, as a naturopath, as you know, we go through the whole system, holistic system. So I, I concentrate, I ask what the main thing people want to work on, but then I also correct everything within there as well too because, you know, we can't bring a, uh, around a healing process unless we address the body holistically. Mm. So, yeah, I, I do consultations. I do them on Zoom and Skype. I also do them in person when these uh, lockdowns are done. And uh, from there on, I will be creating a YouTube channel soon with uh, my experiences, my stories, and my knowledge in these fields
1: that I believe I can help people with. So that's where things are going at the moment. That's where people can contact me. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, I'll make sure to have those links um, in the description below. Um, And also for those listening in, if they want to read more about Nootropics as well, um, obviously I've got a lot on my website as well, a lot of articles. Got some cool nootropics there as well. Unfortunately, no access to psychedelics there. Um, <laughs> no, not uh, yet. I, <laughs> I don't sell any psychedelics, but um, yeah, might be publishing some information about that soon. But Luke, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, man. Thanks thanks so much. Thank you, Lucas. Appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, it's been enjoyable. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, everyone, for joining in to today's episode For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology.
2: This has been a No Filter Media production.
0: Say what you want. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well?